This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show, Cam Poitras and Jim Toth back in the saddle. Hey, Jim, how you doing? You remember how to turn the mic on? Happy New... I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Happy New Year! How Happy, are you? Happy New Year. I'm it's, good. It was, it's been like a year since it was last year when I saw you. Yeah, it's been... It's Yeah, I think it's 20, you got 2023. A, you got a haircut. Cut my hair, got my ears lowered as every... You want you want we got dad jokes. The one of I last time I saw you was last year is the first yeah. one. You just got your ears lowered. I said, "Did you get your hair cut?" You respond, "I got them all cut." You don't just get one haircut. <laughs> no, no, I got them all. The dad jokes to there kick off twenty twenty four. We're all older now. That's right. The one yes. Jets maturing as well. Maturing like they are a, a fine mature one. team. They're starting yes. to tip past that twelve year mark. You know when the yeah, you start getting that dozen-year-old scotch, and it just starts to just get just that little bit nicer. They're starting to go from that entry-level cost franchise to where it's now. This is this is going to cost you because you know it's that, aged for twelve. You know, years. like it's not like that two-year-old whiskey that I usually buy. You know, the one for about like uh, bottles, like twelve dollars or something like that. Sure. That fancy stuff that Jim Toth drinks. Yeah, you're like that red wine connoisseur when you unscrew the cap. Well, you got to put it into one of those, um, or you you puncture the box. Or you got to decant it. Where's the opening it. on this thing? You got to decant it. It's got to breathe. It needs oxygen. You got to get those <laughs> those tannins. Need some. Uh, they need some. Uh, they need some life. They need so, some breath. Yeah. Uh, Jets winning last night, four wow. two uh, to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, slow start to the game. Uh, I'll let. Uh, actually, I'll just let Rick Bonus say it. I thought. I think he summed it up pretty well. We were slow out of the gates, there's no question. They were coming at us. Um, but good teams find a way to win. And tonight wasn't a Picasso by any stretch uh, early in the game. But when we got our legs going and we started to play Winnipeg Jet hockey, when we get committed to that, uh, there's not a team in this league we can't beat. I think that's exactly what happened. I thought it was a slow start for the Jets in the first little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay um, uh, hitting their stride uh, fairly early on in that game. But I thought the Jets really shut things down in the second and third period, coupled with some fantastic uh, net minding. Uh, from from Connor Hellebuck once again, yeah, and um, Connor Hellebuck, as I said, has found another gear, and I I didn't know it was possible. I think he's a top three goalie in the National Hockey League to begin with. I think he's proving himself this year to be the best goalie in the National Hockey League. Yeah, who's better right now? Nobody. Um, St- he, statistically, nobody. Well, and he had that run at the first four games where, and I don't think it's him. I think it was the team gave up four goals plus. 26 games in a row now that they have given up three goals or less. Yep. Um, they are, they've tied a franchise record for nine points in nine straight games. They're not giving up a lot. And Connor Hellebuck is the best goaltender right now in the league. Yesterday, he was named the third star for December, where the, he went 7 0 2, 9 3 4 save percentage, 1.88 goals against average. And let's even let's take the whole month of November is when he really started to heat up. On since November third, he's fourteen three and two with a shutout, two uh, two goals against average, and a nine three two save percentage. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's he's on pace. Now I'm not going to say that he's uh, going to be winning the Vesna, uh, but I'll say he's on pace to probably likely be the front runner right, as of right now. His save percentage is 920. Overall, um, yeah. 
you know, Swayman's third overall, 928. Charlie Lindgren of Washington is 928. Mm. Uh, and Aiden Hill hasn't played an enormous amount of games, um, but he's the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's a 933. Goals against average, Hill has 193. Cam Talbert, 210. Swayman, 222. Connor Hellbuck, 233. My point to him, and I know some people are probably going to text or email Jim at cjob.com if you want, that he's not the best goalie. These are why these are the stats. Yeah. Fix that penalty kill and get out of here. Fix the penalty kill and Connor Hellebuck would be past all of these guys. Well, Jim, I would say if the Jets were able to bring up their special teams by, if they got it close to the top 10, if I'm saying they were somewhere between 15 and 10 uh, on the power play and the penalty kill, this team would be the first team in the league right now. They would be the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's it's without... Uh, they were doing it last night on the post-game show here on 680 CJOB and talking about if they were just league average, it, I think it's five more wins or f- five more points. Yeah. Five more points vaults you into the number one place in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and, and that's so, what they've lost so far because of special teams. I would, I would put it around that number. Now... You know, if wish and this on ifs and buts and all that kind of stuff, they're not. They need Andy to fix nuts. that. Yeah, and I think that's what they they need to focus on. And I think it's a prime time. I loved the power play last night. I have not loved it for a number of games and how it, but I thought it moved well. I thought it created more. Um, I thought it was dangerous, and and I'm fine with that. I mm-hmm. said today when I got in, if I see the power play like that all the time and they don't score, I'm fine with that. It's when it doesn't look like it did last night, then I think they got issues. Mm-hmm. And they said that on the post-game show too, and I'm glad they brought it up with Dwayne Gilawoychuk and Christian O'Mal and Derek Taylor, where they made the point of saying that, um, like Dwayne Gilawoychuk said, it, it, it looks good. So as long as it looks good, it's going to come, right? Like it's nothing – Nobody breaks out of a struggling power play and all of a sudden goes four for five in a night. They yeah. they look good like they did last night, and then in a game or two, they start getting two goals on four power plays and stuff like that. So I think with the, the competition they're going to face in California and Arizona, now Arizona's no joke, of course, but I think that this power play could come around with what, what it can do and, and where it goes. But look, this is a really good hockey team, and... Uh, we, this is January now, and we all know what happened last January. January sixteenth was when the wheels fell off. When the, the wheels date. fell off, I don't see that happening this year, and I, I think that that's another lesson to be learned here for a lot of us. Is um, we always focus on that, right? And rightfully so. They had a disastrous second half. There was a mix last year. There was a very good half and a very bad half, and the goal was is to get it to where it is right now. Um, and the, the consistency of it. And I think that they found it. Like, I think the system they have and, and what they're doing and, and where they're going with this looks really good. Depth is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Shifley hasn't had a point in four games. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Nick Ehlers had a goal last night. Velarde's in and around it, but hasn't been productive. And it's interesting, right? Because we're starting to talk about Kyle Connor now that he's back on the ice. Um, I, I think that these things have a way of working themselves out. Mark Shifley, there's no doubt in my mind when Kyle Connor comes back, he's going right back on that number one line. As he should. And that, to me, is because that number one line of Ehlers, Velarde, and, and Shifley was never going to stay as hot as they were. Um, I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff either. I think it's just a very good depth line. But Kyle Connor's going to go back on that top line because these things work themselves out. Another week from now, 
They might go six games without a point, and then you're like, we need Cal Connor. Yeah, and, and these two games against Anaheim and, and San Jose, I mean, they both could they could have th- all three of them could have three point nights. But this is a part. This is again back to that depth conversation that we've been having throughout the year because it keeps coming up. You have your top line. I mean, they have one Ehlers scored last night, but the prior three games before that, all three of them and Velarde and Shifley were kept off um, the scoreboard uh, off off the stat sheet the last couple of games. But it's the depth that steps up. When you was know, the last it, time Nemestikov gets three assists? Morgan Barron gets two yeah. points last night. Um, Niederreiter has been fantastic. It's on a New Year's heater. Yeah, and um, you know, and in in Shifley, you know. It wasn't on the on the score sheet, and I know there was he swapped spots with Vladislav Nemesnikov halfway through that game. But I didn't think Shifley was was uh, you know had a bad game at all. I thought he generated. He he sent Axel Janssen. Yeah. He sent Axel Janssen, Fialbi, and Morgan Barron on that run. He had some great defensive plays. He found Velarde in tight. Velarde was that close to scoring too as well. And he had that real great chance in the slot when he when he does what he does best is he disappears and found found himself an open an open lane there and had a great strike at the net. Um, so I it, to me it's just something that's going to come. It's going to come it, it's it's on its way but when was the last time and the answer is never the bottom six has owned another team and they've done it for games now yeah the bottom six own the minnesota wilds bottom six mm-hmm. um last night they even took it to the kucherov line for a shift where they hemmed them in um the the acts the jansen fialbis the nita riders um Morrissey did a great job with Kucherov yesterday too. Yes, yeah, he was dynamite on Kucherov. The only, the only, I thought the Jets played so well. I thought the only real good chances Tampa Bay had was was of course they scored two on the power play, but um, I thought that that was where they they really held them back. I thought Morrissey was great against Kucherov. I remember when the GST line became the GST line and got the chance GST and all yeah. this, and it was because they kept blocking shots, getting pucks back, and dumping them out of the zone. Yeah. They've never had a bottom six or a fourth line or a third line be able to hem teams into the zone, keep puck, grind it out, forecheck. And that's what I loved about what Rick Ralph, or Rick, Ralph, Rick Mona <laughs> said last night. Shout out to Ricky, uh, <laughs> R squared out in Calgary now. Um, that's what I loved about what Rick Bonus had to say last night was the fact that, like the period that he described in the first was accurate. But then he said, we got back to what we do, the forecheck. I'm going to go back to training camp last year. Rick Bonus said 25 to 28 shots. We want to hold teams to shot 25 shots or less. Um, I'm going to look up how many shots they're averaging, but it's around 25. Mm-hmm. I focused on that last year, and I was waiting for this. The, the three goals or less in 26 straight games and the shots, and that's what he wanted to get down, right? And, and so a year goes by where they're putting up goals and they're getting better defensively, and Connor Hellebuck gets nominated for another Vesna. He wants to control that. And the way you do that is is that forecheck, right? You don't you you get in on the forecheck, you create stuff, you don't allow teams to break out, you don't allow them to sustain stuff. Um the forecheck is the key to this team, and they have the right personnel doing it. Winnipeg Jets right now, seventh in the league, uh, with goals against uh per games played with uh eight twenty-eight point nine. 28.9 yeah, shots per game. Yeah, the only team that's uh, around 25 is the Carolina Hurricanes, and the LA is in second with 26. But yeah, uh, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side, 204 780 DT is going to be joining us right after 1230 to talk about uh, uh, the Lightning, and we'll look ahead to the San Jose-Anaheim game, which the Jets, they got to they go for some blood. they got to be some blood in the water against the Sharks, losing 2-1. I, I can't see the Jets losing that game tomorrow. Um 
And of course, on the dad's trip, that's always going to be a good boost for the guys um, with uh, mentors and fathers and grandfathers and uh, on the trip, uh, this uh, this road one, uh, this road trip coming up here uh, as well. The NHL is going to be set to announce the 32 selections for this. I'll tell you what that is when we come back right after uh, the news and uh, commercials and weather. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. 204-780-6868. The NHL will announce tomorrow the first 32 selections for the 2023-2024 All-Star Game in Toronto coming up later this year. So here's the question, Jim Toth. Who are the, yes. Who's going to be the Jets pick? Well, it's Connor Hellebuck, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's Connor um, Hellebuck. And I think there's a chance Mark Shifley gets voted in. or But to me, it's Shifley or... Um, Connor Hellebuck, but Josh Morrissey, I think he's second in the team in scoring. He is, yeah, he is. Remember the we did that fun thing in the summer where you would give us a number and we would pick over or under, and we both picked under the seventy six points for well, Josh. Well, Morrissey. he's on. He's on. I think he's all pretty close to being on pace for that, or just underneath it. He's yeah, just around it. So he's. Uh, 76, he's got 30 points in 36 seventh, games. Seventh on, on the blue line in scoring. Yeah. So, so maybe. I, those are your options to me. It's Morrissey, Shifley, or Hellebuck, but Hellebuck's the front row. If Connor hadn't been injured, it probably would have been him. We'll be right back. Yes. DT with us right, right when we were on the other side of news coming up. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth. Jets win last night 4-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Another three-game winning streak. They've lost three games in a row once this year. I think this is their fifth three-game winning streak. I'm going to look that up. Nine-game point streak. Yes. You have to go back to 2005 when they were the Atlanta Thrashers. Ties a franchise record. With a nine-game point streak back but then. They, um, they I have, love pulling out Atlanta Thrasher stats, by the way. I always think that's kind of cool. Well, I used to cover this a lot, and people were – Take it's their fourth, it's their fourth three game winning streak of the year. They've also got a four game winning streak in there, oh, yeah. and they've lost three in a row once. Yeah, what are you, what are you saying about the Atlanta Thrasher stuff? You don't? Uh... Oh, people, people hate it. Oh, really? Because they want the original Jets, and every time I say a franchise record, people get upset with me, and they text me and they tweet me, and they they want to somehow pull the 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 Arizona Coyotes records back to Winnipeg, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, the Winnipeg Thrasher or the sorry, the Atlanta Thrashers in two thousand five six had a nine game point streak. Well, and that's the record they tied is the Atlanta Thrashers from two thousand five oh six. Who's the franchise leader in goals? Derek Taylor, Jet Studio host, interim Jet Studio host. Derek, are you there? I'm with you. Yeah, Ilya, <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk yeah. is the franchise leader in goals. So and then we do this like when when um, Blake Wheeler would get to a yeah. thousand games or points and. Sorry, it's not. And people would literally, I'm sure somebody's going to text us now and go, that Dale Howardchuck had more points. I'm like, this isn't the Jets franchise. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Derek, where do you stand on that? Is, is it okay to mention Lana? Th- I like it when the, there's a Lana Thrasher stat. <laughs> I think it's cool. I, I was told in that you have to be correct, right? Like, I mean, yes. this is why when they were coming back, when the Jets returned and there was the rumors they were going to come back, I, I kind of thought. Yeah. I part of me hoped they didn't take the Jets name because it was going to create this kind of confusion or schism or whatever you want to call it, right? Of like, well, no, Dale Howarchuk. Well, Dale Howarchuk uh, is an Arizona Coyotes alum, I guess, uh, technically, right? Yeah. Like it's just 
it, it's it's weird, um, and we all just kind of have to accept that. Okay, uh, it, it's you know your friends are either traditionalists or they're jets they're jetsian. They're two hockey psychologies that exist in the world. They're traditionalists like Toth and I, or you're you know you're jetsian. You believe that the you know Howard Chuck was was a current that you know was a, was a jets. Alum, that's uh, it's it's super weird. It's, and, it's well, strange, it, but, uh, but it's like you yeah. can't, yeah, you can't say the Jets don't honor the 1.0 era. The, how many names do they have in the rafters? I mean, they have every they've they've the heritage jersey they have all over the place. Yes. Everybody's bought one of those. See, I mean, I love the Jets ni- history, bought, right? Uh, yeah, I love the '90s logo. That's the one I grew up with. I bought the the reverse retro last year. So the the team is not ignoring that, but they're also there's also a respect towards the Atlanta Thrashers and like those. That's those are the franchise that's, records. That's there's the organization the, they bought. There's the Jets 1.0 and the history there that the team has done nothing but respect. And then there's also the the Atlanta Thrashers, and there's a, that's the franchise. And to Derek's point, I know for a fact that True North and Mark Chipman did not want to call them the Jets. And as they got oh, wow. close, as they got closer to the they draft, had, they had no choice. It was just they, <laughs> they started no doing some research and studies, and and like I think polar bears was thrown around there, and and a whole bunch of things. They were they were looking at the moose name, of course, yeah. and and just some options, but they did not because of this. They did not want to name it that, and it got to just that's what basically this is what fans wanted. And True North, like I, I was told that that first draft in Minnesota when they drafted Mark Shifley, mm-hmm. it was about a 48 to maybe 60-hour window prior to the draft that they weren't going to call it the Jets. And mm-hmm. then they went down yeah. there, and and then that's when Kevin Cheveldayoff announced the first draft pick ever for the Winnipeg Jets. And that's when fans found out that it was going to be called the Jets. But it was even a couple of days prior to that that they were still not wanting to do this because of what you're just what we're talking about. Anyway, this is off topic, but <laughs> it's good. It's well, a good conversation. It would have been it would have been interesting. I was at a North Dakota game uh, back in October, and they're the Fighting Hawks now, right? But right. You like and and you know, they'll say Fighting Hawks, but the the, the PA guy pauses so people can shout sue because they're not letting go of the fighting student can you imagine going to a winnipeg freeze nhl game and people chanting go jets go it would have been they i don't know what they possibly could have done they would have had to they had to go jets but it leads to confusion i'd be curious what the cleveland browns fans do because the ravens are the cleveland browns yeah yeah and there are the cleveland browns well and somebody's texting us he's upset because i knew this would happen he said did the calgary does calgary include the atlanta thrasher stats come on guys you can't have both it's not atlanta thrashers it was the atlanta flames and yes they did when mike vernon and lanny mcdonald and all these guys were setting organizational records they were beating the atlanta flames records yeah, what what do the Avalanche do with the Colorado Rockies? So stuff like that. Like, I wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're the Nordiques. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're having a discussion about who uh, the NHL is going to be announcing uh, the their uh, the All Star, the first thirty two picks from each team in terms of the All Star game. Uh, Derek, uh, who do you think is the Winnipeg Jets pick so far? Is uh, who should, who should be that guy that that is one of those thirty two there as a member of the Winnipeg Jets? It's probably pretty easy to say Connor Hellebuck. Um, because he's been fantastic, and it's now 26 games where they haven't allowed more than three goals. And and Connor, he to me, it doesn't feel like he's forced to stand on his head uh, as he was, say, this time last year in order to get these points. That there's so much more around him. 
But I, just as I've you know come into the onto the scene, I, I look at this team and go, man, there are a lot of valuable contributors as opposed to one guy who stands head and shoulders uh, above the rest as far as forwards and defensemen go. So I, I would probably just default to Connor, but I'm very I'm very open to being swayed on that. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and I liked what you said that there's a lot of candidates. I, I forgot about Kyle Connor. Like, he's the only player that's above a point-of-game production still, if he was still healthy. Mark Scheifele is a point-of-game player. Josh Morrissey is second in team scoring. But to me, Connor yeah. Hellebuck has just, again, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm surprised, because I didn't think he could get any better. He's better this year. He is a better goaltender than he's been in his career, and that's with three Vezna nods and one win. Um, so that's why I think he gets the nod. Um, I loved your guys' conversation last night, Derek, about when Kyle Connor comes back and, and the power play and the penalty kill and the post-game show. Um, but that th- I loved what Dwayne Gilowajczyk had to say, too. Like, this seems like a road trip where they could get the power play going. And he also mentioned that if it doesn't, they might change it up. Like, they might go with some different personnel. And I'm not mocking San Jose, Anaheim, or Arizona, especially Arizona, who's having a good year. But this is where these are teams that it either starts clicking or they might make some changes. Um, maybe just expand a bit on the conversation last night about, and you're right, how they need to get this going. Well, yeah, everything. And I felt bad in the postgame show yesterday because there's these things that, that, that nag on me, but they're, they got 50 points and they're a point behind Colorado in the division, right? They're playing <laughs> really well and they're getting contributions up and down the lineup in various games. But you look at it and go, okay, well, the last four games, they're, what, one for 14 on the power play. They're 25th, 26th in the league in power play percentage, and their penalty killing isn't, isn't any better. And, and I look at that and go, okay, things are fantastic right now. But if you're going to win in the playoffs, you're going to need some of those. They're easier goals, right? You've got five guys. They've got four guys. They're easier goals. You're going to need some of those. And if you, you need those, and you'll need to keep this five-on-five production going as well, so we we just started talking about it. Is the is the change stylistic, right? Do you Christian O'Mel pointed to uh, Mark Shifley, and he feels like the puck kind of stops when it gets to Mark Shifley, and instead of you know ripping one on goal, he's looking for that that extra pass that mm. you know Rick Bonus would would love to see guys hammering the puck on the goal. So is the change stylistic? Is it to move perhaps Shifley to another spot, or just change where guys attack from? I I just I brought up the question just because I was curious to see the reaction. Is it, is it possible you take Mark Shifley off the, you know, the first power play? And the answer I expected and got from both Christian and Dwayne was, oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, can, you, can you imagine trying to take Mark Shifley off a power play? There's just, there, there's no, it's, it's insane on its face. But if, if he's the guy, if, if it is actually, if the coach, Jets coaches kind of perceive that, okay, things do stop when Shifley – uh, is on there, you, you've got to fix that because you, I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but teams that are, you know, bottom third, bottom fourth of the league in power play, how do they fare in the playoffs when things get a lot tougher? I I can't imagine it's, it goes real well for them. I, I, I'm in the same boat with you, Derek. I mean, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's, it's at the same time, the Jets have 50 points. They got 23 wins over their first 36 games. The team is in a real good spot. But you can't say that the power play hasn't held them back. It's definitely held them back. No, and I think that's fair because we're not like, I, I know when things are this good, people often say, well, now you're, you're too critical. No, we're not. No. It, I loved, the reason we brought this up, Derek, is because I love the point you made. If this team was struggling, 
if this team yeah. had 10 less wins, this province would be burning itself to the ground over the power play and penalty kill. They literally would. They'd oh, be like 100%. It, it's li- so I think it's a fair topic because it's not knocking the Jets at all. They're having a phenomenal year, and we talk glowingly about that. But this is the midway point of the season. You're now into the new year. Um, it's getting close to midway point, 41 games. You need to get that going. Um, you can't be in the bottom five to 10 with this five on five. You'll find success, but, and I don't mean it needs to be top five either. It just needs to be to the conversation last night on 680 CJB post game show needs to be average. Yeah, it's just got to be you, average. If you can, because when you get into the playoffs in a seven game series, you need your power player, your penalty kill to win you a game. Your five on five play is going to win you the series and your goaltending, but you need them to win you one of those games. And, and it's not doing anything for them right now. And then we look at Connor Hellebuck, the all-star, we all agree, and his numbers are, are fifth amongst goalies. They would be first if the penalty kill was working. Well, Alex texts the show, 204-780-6868, Derek, and he says, uh, the power play has given us the losses in San Jose, Chicago, and in Montreal. And that's six points, and where would they be in six points? Oh, and and that's the thing, right? Like, uh, just uh, you mentioned Toth average, and that's the point I make. If they were even average, they'd have five more power play goals than they'd have allowed five fewer uh, shorthanded goals, yeah. right? And you go, okay. And there was a late penalty in the uh, in the in the Chicago game just recently that on the power play, if they score that, boom, there's two points because they never get to overtime, and Connor Bedard yeah. never makes that ridiculous S- snipe. In same overtime. in San Jose. They lost 2-1, yeah. and they were 0-5 on the power play. We could even saw it in half and say, say they give up three less goals on the penalty kill, and they scored two more goals on the power play, it's six points no matter how you dice it up. That's, uh, you know, and well, against Montreal, as you mentioned, they were two for uh, Montreal and two for three on their power play. The Jets 0 for 2. But I loved how it looked last night, Derek. Like that, I, I said today at the start of the show, if the power play looked like that, I'm fine with it. It's the games that it hasn't looked like it did last night. And that's why I think going into San Jose Anaheim, I think it breaks through. I think, I think you're going to see a couple power play markers. Yeah, I mean, things, things do look good. Dwayne Gillow-Whitechuck talks about there's real good movement, and you're creating those those holes, right? Like you're you're trying to drag guys out of position. You saw Tampa's uh, one power play in the second period, where those are five guys who are just, hey, I'll move the puck wherever, whenever, and I am incredibly confident. If I'm in the middle of four guys with the puck, I can handle this. So you look at you take that and go, man, if the Jets had something in that vein, and and maybe maybe Kyle Connor's absence is is a big deal. They tried something yesterday by putting Adam Lowry as that kind of man in the middle of that one-three-one. Uh, they swapped him in for, I believe, was Iafalo, and and you know took a shot at that that giant body in front for for what they're hoping for. You know, you just look at it and go, man, if it was if it was something. And and the thing the thing I haven't looked too deep into, and we'll do it in advance of tomorrow's game is. Is their five-on-five play sustainable for an entire season, right? Uh, fewest goals allowed five-on-five. Will that hold up for the whole year? They're scoring well five-on-five. If, if that regresses a little bit, there, there could be trouble, and we're going to start pointing to this special teams kind of stuff. Uh, but, man, it's uh, – yeah, it's just because they're not losing right now doesn't mean everything will stay the same forever. So, and it does mean they're going to be 26 in power play forever, but they got to, they got to figure something out. I, this is something uh, Dwayne kind of brought up on the New Year's Eve game is, is this about faceoffs? And if they can win more draws on things like the penalty kill, uh, he feels like that would be actually be a giant help and they're getting clubbed 
on faceoffs in uh, in shorthanded situations. Oh yeah, when they need to win a faceoff, the the Jets have not been able to win one. Like it late in a game, late in the third period, they got to get a face off. It always seems that they can't pick. Well, and then when Ryan them. Hartman's just high sticking you in the face, off, <laughs> that doesn't. Wins. Now that was the offensive zone. Jim, now you didn't get a chance. Zone. You didn't get a chance oh. to go on Ryan Hartman yesterday. And I know you came in and you're like, I needed to be on the air. And I you got, were I okay. Your, I want I you to go. I saw his email yesterday, and I was like, Oh, get me a microphone. Go. All right, Jim, go ahead. Well, no, what do you think I just, about Ryan it's, Hartman? It's ludicrous. It's and not the rapper. Well, you're picking on a 22-year-old kid. That's my. It's a cow. It's a cow. He's a it's coward. It's insane. It's cowardly. It's insane. Like it's it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen and heard. And I know, and I'm a believer in the code in hockey. And I know, I know, Derek, you're not like the fate, the no. fight between Maroon and Lowry. The reason no. that happened was so the Hartman thing wouldn't happen in the game. The reason those two guys said, "Let's get this out of the way so we can play hockey." And then Hartman comes in and is like, oh, I did this because of... And then I was laughing yesterday because Perfetti, I promise you, told him, dude, I'm mic'd up. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm, the way Perfetti was talking yesterday, he's probably, that's a great story, Hartman, but I got a mic on right now. And the fact that they can't use that is... <laughs> it's, I, I like that they can't use it. I, I, think that, I think there's real value to the players in that, but... And that was, we talked about that in the pre- It's like an episode of Law and Order that they can't use that. We have this evidence, but yet, oh, we can't. It's not admissible. It's, it's not admissible. It's, it, just, it just strikes me as, uh, we've, all, we've all been that situation, well, I've certainly been in that situation where you've got the joke, but you've, you've got it like 25 seconds too late, so it's no longer funny, but you say it anyway, <laughs> and the whole room just kind of stops. Like, that's, that's Ryan Hartman, right? Like, uh, Brendan Dillon fought in the game in which he puts two cross-checks on Kaprizov, and Jets fans and Wild fans have dramatically different views on that, and we come to expect that. Yeah. But Brendan Dillon fights in that game. So to me, there's no point for the Adam Lowry fight, but he's, he's like, yeah, the guy asked me nicely, so we did it, and it's done. Yeah. Rick, Bonus, Rick Bonus said, I don't even think that was about uh, the, the cross-check. I think that was about they wanted to set a tone in the New Year's Eve game. But then Ryan Hartman is the third man in on making a guy pay, like an unrelated yeah. guy pay for an incident that wasn't illegal in the first place. It just... It's so dumb. And then what's lost in it is the we viciousness go, of the here. high stick. It's just like if you want to hit him, if you want to try to fight him, if you want to tell him I got to do this. But to do it like that when he's not expecting it is just. A DT Jets interim studio host. We'll be right back. More Jets at noon after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Rumors starting to swirl about some positive conversations. With a uh, upcoming UFA by the name of William Nylander. Big Willie style. Big Willie style. I'm just throwing out 20-year-old rapper names now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really working. Luda? Luda. Ludacris, yeah. Big that, Willie style. I remember when I was 11 and he was popular. <laughs> I didn't say it was relevant now. <laughs> I could drop iced tea, too. Yeah, you could. I loved iced tea. I know you did. When I was in high school, I loved iced tea. Uh, The Leafs right now. You played yourself. Yeah, congratulations, man. You played yourself. (laughs) Uh, That's the sort of the situation with the Leafs here. Um, Metro, third in the Metro right now, 18, 10, and 7. Contract talks with Nylander and the Leafs starting to heat up. Uh, The ballpark of the rumors are around 11.25 million, which 
Sounds about accurate. Eight-year uh, deal, too. Uh, yeah, eight-year deal, totaling $90 this, million. This, by the dollars. way, is from Jason Bourne and Nick Kiprios podcast. Yeah, from um, yeah. Sportsnet. Uh, 50 points, uh, leads the Leafs right now in scoring, uh, and sixth in the league in, 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 in league scoring here right now. So I think that's a good contract for William Nylander, given the current situation in the National Hockey League. I don't think it's a bad contract. He's 27 years old. He's going to produce like this, I believe, for at least the next five years. So I have no problem with this. Um, Kiprios was saying it's going to be top-heavy too, so front and heavy. Mm-hmm. And then the last couple of years when he's 35, 36, um, less. I don't have a problem with this deal at all, Cam. The problem is, is he's now getting paid 1125 what Marner and Tavares have been getting paid for a number of years now. And that's the Leafs problem. Yeah. The 11 five for William Nylander, in my opinion, is not out of the, it's not wacko. It's not overpay. It's not, it's right on par with the cap going up a couple mil and everything else. The problem the Leafs have is they've been paying this $11 million to a couple players far too soon than they needed to. In my opinion, they jumped the shark. <laughs> they, they jumped were, the shark. They played themselves, and they, they were cutting too big of checks too early. Nobody put the contract in your hand. Nobody made you sign away your life. You did it to yourself. You played yourself. Street lyricist and poet, Ice-T. Jim told to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show, and Tyson Rewicki, who's just like, for some reason, on the board right now. I don't know what's going on there. House of Pain was another great... I'm not a... Massive rap artist. Follower, uh, I like the chron- the chronic Dr. Dre. Yeah, chronic 2001. Wow. That was yeah, NWA. That, that yeah. hit me. 2000 chronic. 2001. Rap to I me was that. like wrestling. I was into it for about a decade, and then I went, I went, I gone country. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, the Jets will be in San Jose. We'll be here to break that game down. Tip. You played yourself. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.